Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey all you heroes and champions, crows, pirates, and inquisitors. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Austin. And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From the Maker to Lyrium to Aravels, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. So I'm Austin. I'm Shelby. And we are super excited um, to create this Dragon Age podcast. Um, we are Dragon Age super fans. I would I would say that for me. I think you would also agree with that, right, Austin? Yeah. Yeah, you're a Dragon Age super fan. He actually introduced me to Dragon Age. It's true. Um, so this obsession is his fault. I, I created say. a monster. <laughs> are you calling me a monster? Never. <laughs> Um, anyway, so a little bit about us is, uh, first, we're married. Aww. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Anyway, and we have degrees in religious studies, and we love video games, and we enjoy it when those two things kind of interact. So our podcast is going to be all about the lore of Dragon Age, and as any Dragon Age fan or super fan knows, there's a lot of like weird religious stuff in Dragon Age. There's a lot of weird cultural stuff in Dragon Age, a lot of interacting and overlapping ideologies in Dragon Age. And that's one of the things that we really want to unpack is all about the religions of Dragon Age, the cultures, the histories, um, whether or not the narrators in this game are reliable. Um, Some of the characters, all these kind of things are things we're going to talk about, as well as the history, the canons, Mm -hmm. um, especially the canon that Bioware has established, like in the Codex in the books and in the encyclopedias, we're going to bring in all of that stuff um, when we talk about our different topics in Dragon Age. So um, Shelby is the Codex nerd. 100%. Um, So she's going to be the one who I'm going to say things and she's going to be like, oh, no, 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 it actually says this because she knows the game better than me. 
Well, I mean, I just read every codex when it comes, like every single one. When yeah, it comes I don't know in. how you do that. I, I just don't have the attention span. I also just want to, I want to punch things. It's called skimming. <laughs> we skim. We don't read like we're reading for a test. We skim it to get the basic knowledge. And then I can go back and reread it at the end of the game. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, we'll kind of offer that. I am here to offer other insights. Um, maybe bring in some comparisons to other games because while she loves Dragon Age, she has not played many other games than that. I've played KOTOR. That's true. Um, <laughs> a couple others, but you you are definitely the, the, the gamer more than I am, yeah. for sure. So yeah, so that's kind of our roles here, but she's your uh, lore master here when it comes to Dragon Age. I'm just here to look pretty. That's, okay, well it's a podcast, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Shelby, do you want to explain to us kind of, like, what the show will look like? Oh, yeah, there? definitely. So, um, every episode, we're going to talk about a different, like, piece of lore. So, some of the things that we've already planned out that we're going to talk about include um, the Maker and, like, what is the Chant of Light? Who, what is the Chantry? What's all of that about? Um, we'll also talk about the different elven gods, their pantheon. We'll talk about different cities and countries in Thetis, like Freldon, Orlay, the Free Marches, Tevinter. Like, we're going to talk about all um, of the countries in, in Thetis, so you don't have to worry about us skipping your favorite. Um, and so those are some of the things we planned out. We've also planned out some others, but we'll keep that under wraps um, for now. And then at the end of every episode, we will also highlight a specific side character. And we're going to try to keep it to side characters because you guys are all Dragon Age fans. You're all, some of you, many of you will be Dragon Age super fans. So you know the main characters. Like, everybody knows who Beric is. Everybody knows who the main characters are. And just by main characters, you mean the player characters and party members. Yes, correct. Correct. I mean, and maybe a few other exceptions to that rule, like... I would say Arl Eamon is a main character. I would say Celine, Empress Celine, is a main character. Yeah. Uh, we can disagree about that, and we can come back. Maybe we'll revisit. Maybe we'll revisit that. But anyway, so we're gonna highlight side characters at the end of every episode, where we give you just a little bit more information about them than you probably you probably didn't know you wanted. So, for example. Maybe we'll talk about one of the divines, or maybe we'll talk about um, a random merchant that you meet in in Kirkwall. Who knows? Um, those are some of the the kinds of people that we'll talk about at the end of every episode. And you know, if you want to submit one of those side characters, just send us an email or a message on Twitter. Yeah. And that's it, right? Yeah. So, Shelby, you ready to uh, talk about? Uh... Dragon Age, why you love it? What I'm drew you to it? Always ready to talk about Dragon Age. So yeah, always. Ah, uh, just what drew you to this podcast, and what what do you love about Dragon Age so much that made you want to spend all this time reading and talking about it? Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so I started playing Dragon Age in quarantine after Austin told me to multiple times, and I didn't listen for multiple times. Um, but anyway, so once I played the games, I was like, okay, I'm hooked, I'm in. Um, and so then I started reading the books and the novels, 
Um, and so I would be reading the novels and then I would say things like, oh my gosh, Austin, did you know about this specific fun fact? Or did you know about, about this, you know, lore breaking thing? Or did you know so-and-so character is in this book? And the answer was no. Yeah, he never knew. Never knew, obviously, because he had never read any of the books. Um, so I started reading the books and just kind of got deeper and deeper into it. And, like, we were talking about it all the time. So we were talking, finally, about, well, maybe we should start a podcast. Like, we're talking about this all the time. Maybe, surely, there are other people who would benefit from these conversations. Um, so that's kind of how we got started talking about doing the podcast. Um, but in terms of your other question, why do I love Dragon Age? Um, that's because I, I love Dragon Age because I love the characters. Um, there are so many characters in Dragon Age from, you know, even minor people to, to major players in the games. And they all have this one thing in common. And this one thing that I love so much is that they're all complex people. There are very, very few people in Dragon Age who are either 100% good or 100% bad. Um, the majority of the people in Dragon Age are complex. They have motivations that are both good and bad. Um, they're not just cookie cutter or carbon copies of other characters. Um, they're really, really well thought out characters who have their own motivations, who have their own stories, who have their own lives and loves and losses. And that's really impactful in a video game because easily, you could easily just make them, you know, cardboard. Like you could easily mm -hmm. just, just make them a plain wall. Um, they don't have to be this complex, but the developers at Bioware made that decision, obviously, um, intentionally. And, and they made well-rounded, well-thought-out characters that really do resemble people in real life. I mean, we struggle. We love. We lose things. We lose mm -hmm. people. We have hard um, situations that we have to go through. And the characters in Dragon Age are no different. And I think that's why we love them so much as a fandom, um, because they feel so real. Um, it's not like it's just oh, yeah, I like them. No, you, like, love them or you hate them. Both are okay, but these characters elicit an emotional response from the player. Um, and I think that's because they're so complex characters. And that's that's why I love Dragon Age, for sure. Yeah. Um, For me, I want to do this podcast because I enjoy nerding out about all this information and learning about all this information. I also like taking things that are in games and either using something from the real world, like either a philosophy or a religious belief to look at and say like, oh, this is similar to this. Or even take something in a game and say like, oh, this says something about this specific human experience. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you and, do that all the time. Yeah, And I love Dragon Age because Dragon Age is both familiar and unfamiliar. Um, and what I mean by that is it often takes these tropes and flips them on their head. Yeah. Um, and so, like, one example comes to mind is the elves in Dragon Age. The elves, typically, in most fantasy settings, are these super-powered creatures. Like, you get in Tolkien's universe. They're immortal. They're faster. They're stronger. You know, Legolas, what do your elf eyes see? Um, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Uh, 
But the elves in Dragon Age are not that different from humans. Mm-hmm. And often in fantasy tropes, like especially if you take the Elder Scrolls, um, the elves are oppressors. They're the ones holding power and they're the ones looking down on mankind. Whereas in this, it's reversed. Mankind looks down on the elves. They're the ones who have enslaved the elves in the past. Um, they're oppressed groups of people. They're marginalized groups of people. They live either in alienages or they live in these nomadic Dalish tribes that interact with each other, but they're pretty isolated from each other themselves and things like that. And it's just a nice turn on what we expect elves to be in a fantasy mm-hmm. thing. And that's why I love Dragon Age. Yeah. Uh, and so now this question got me thinking about like, you know, that's part of what hooked me into Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. And so another thing that hooked me into Dragon Age is I played it because it was a Bioware game. You know, we talked about Knights of the Old Republic or KOTOR. I played that game obsessively, like 700 hours I that logged in the game. 700 hours? Yes. That's a lot. Well, you're welcome because I told you what to do in every situation when I made you play that game. Yeah, he even had the dialogue memorized. Like, yeah. no joke. Um, and so I tried out Dragon Age Origins and Origins... I have a complicated relationship with Origins because it did introduce me to the series, but it is not my favorite game. Um, what is your favorite game? My favorite game is probably Dragon Age 2. Interesting. Yes. Say more. The reason that I love Dragon Age 2 is because of how localized Dragon Age 2 is. And I know that's a reason a lot of people hate the game. Mm-hmm. They hate it because it's not this grand scale like the first one or even Inquisition is. But I love that it's localized. It feels so small and personal. You're following this family, mm-hmm. this one dude who is escaping, or girl, or girl who is escaping the blight. Mm-hmm. And is coming to the city who, where their, uh, you know, their matriarchal family has been a noble and established and kind of, you know, builds them up in this kind of quasi-American dream yeah. kind of thing, if you believe that exists. Um, but, you know, pulling yourself up by this old bootstraps things. And I just love that it's this localized event that has these huge repercussions. And I think what I liked about that is that's so synonymous for a lot of things that happen in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, these earth-shattering events that happen start in this little city in some country that we never in. Like, Kirkwall is not really a little city. It's a major city in the Free Marches. But it's like, it's just about Kirkwall. You go a little bit outside into, like, the outlands of, Kirk, of Kirkwall. But otherwise, everything takes place in that little city. Technically, the mountains and the storm coast are outside of Kirkwall. Significantly. Okay. Well, just saying. I don't have a map in front of me. I don't have a map in front of me either. Well, I just know that. Okay. Whatever you say. Um, so that's why Dragon Age 2 is my favorite. Okay. That's fair. What did, what did you say hooked you into Dragon Age again? Uh, the fact that it was a Bioware game. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fair. Well, I think for me, what hooked me into Dragon Age is in Origins, uh, which is my favorite game, by the way. Um, In Origins, you... Okay, actually, I should back up. Um, I'm not a person that gets surprised very easily, if at all. Like, it's very hard to pull one over on me. I've never had a surprise birthday party where I was actually surprised. Like, I just don't get surprised. I always figure out what my gifts are at Christmas. I know that that's bad, but you know, it just, it's how it works. Um, Austin is nodding his head and being grumpy over here. (laughs) Um, but anyways, 
So I am not a person that gets surprised very easily. But when I played Origins, I was shook by the fact that Logan betrays Kaylin and the Grey Wardens and Duncan at Ostagar. I was not expecting that at all. You know, I'm always surprised by that when Why? you tell me that because I feel like it is a little like obvious because the whole time Logan is like Kaylin, like you're making dumb decisions, you're making um you're being irresponsible you're being irresponsible you're not being a good ruler um yeah but they set him up as like a war hero and so for me he's literally committing treason right it's not like oh he's just 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 deciding to be a jerk and leave the battlefield he's committing treason he's committing a coup and and he's leaving his best friend's son and a bunch of people that he knew personally to literally die on the battlefield. So I didn't think at the beginning of the game that he was like the big bad. I didn't think, I thought the archdemon was the big bad, right? And he mm -hmm. is true. But, so I was surprised. I was surprised by Logan. Um, and then obviously we learned that he's a real big jerk and whatever. Um, but so I was surprised by Ostagar. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me, I was like, oh, what the heck are they going to do now? Because I thought the game was going to progress. We win the battle at Ostagar and then we have to go fight other battles and do some other things along the way. But that is not how the game <laughs> went at all. Um, and so I, I really appreciated that because I thought it was a, um, a different take on the traditional war game. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to get crushed. And then you have to pick yourself back up, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just, like, fighting the whole time. Um, so that's kind of what hooked me into Dragon Age. And then I will say Origins is also my favorite game. Um, maybe that's controversial. I don't, I don't know or care. Um, but Origins is my favorite game because of the characters. I know I already talked about characters. But in Dragon Age Origins, the characters and the dialogue is just unparalleled to me. Because you have this, like, ragtag group of individuals. Like, you have a Grey Warden who used to be a Templar. And an apostate who's the daughter of Flemeth. And a former Antivan Crow who just tried to kill you. And right. all of uh, a, a Kunari who literally murdered a whole family. And then, oh, and then there's, like, the Chantry Lay sister who had a vision from the Maker. Like... All of these people that don't at all belong together come together and they do something bigger than themselves. They do something bigger than any any one of them could have done just by themselves. And it's not like they all become best friends. It's not like they are even friends at all. Um, I mean, think about Morgan and Alistair, right? Like from the very beginning, before they even meet each other, before before they even have words, you can already tell they don't like each other. And they don't like each other. They never become really friends. Mm -hmm. um, th that never happens. Um, and I appreciate that because there are a lot of video games that could have, that have been and others that could have just said, okay, well, we'll just make them all friends at the end of the blight and they'll run off into the sunshine together and mm -hmm. we'll live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens um, at all. They never really you know, love each other, all of them. And that's okay because they're all complex people. Like I already talked about. Right. Um, and so for me, that's, that's what I love about all the games, but I find that especially to be true about origins. Can I give a confession to you? Sure. 
my first playthrough of Origins, I did not recruit Sten or Liliana. Uh, you didn't recruit Liliana? No, because I did not give or care anything about the town of Lothring. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So what did you do? I just went on for through a rogue. I was the rogue. Oh, so you were a rogue. Your yes. first playthrough. Yeah. Okay, well that makes things a little bit better, but like And wow. Zebrin. Yeah, but he kinda I love him. But you gotta really pump up his like lock picking skill. I don't know why his comes so low and Liliana's is already like halfway done when you first unlock them. I think it's because Liliana is a bard and so it's more That's sneaky, like breaking in places. But, you know, we're talking about characters, so here's a question. What is your favorite character of all time? Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be similar to what I've already talked about. Um, characters being complex, characters being well-rounded. Um, but my favorite character, for now, subject to change, because I feel like I have a different favorite character, like, every other month. But right now, my favorite character is Cassandra Pentagast. Um, and specifically from Inquisition, because even though we meet her in Dragon Age 2, I feel like we really get to know her in Inquisition. Um, and she is my favorite for a lot of reasons. First, because she's kind of a paradox. And by that I mean, you know, she is this Navarran nobility. She's 78th in line for the Navarran throne. Why I know that, I don't know. But anyway, um... So she's in line for the throne, right? Like, she could have been a nobleman's wife. She could have um, stayed in Navarra and, and, like, been part of this dragon-hunting family. But instead, she chose to do something different. She chose to be part of the Seekers, which is not a Templar, is even more elite than the Templars mm -hmm. are. Um, so, I mean, that, first of all, shows spunk, right, and spark, that she's willing to go against hundreds of years of family tradition. Um, and I respect that. But also, she is, at least once you get to know her and get her to trust you, she is not afraid to express her emotions to you, even though she's a strong, intimidating, um, confident woman. She's still a person who has a soft inside, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she's still... Loves those romance novels. She loves the romance novels, like Beric, like all of his books, like she mm. loves those. Um, she, so she has, I would say, something that our society views as competing values, right? Um, and to her, they may not be, but she values both that soft feminine and the more masculine, mm -hmm. um, hard exterior. I could throw you out a window. 100%. Um, so she's, complex she's a paradox and i love that about her but even more than that um she is a person who has a real faith in the maker and i think a lot of times when video games depict religious people in their games it's very much just like a cookie cutter um depiction of a person who believes in this religion and they believe everything that the religion says and they do everything that the religion says and they don't question it at all. And that's that. That's that's what they're supposed to do. And while there are some religions in our world um, that do require that kind of 
um, devotion from their followers. I would not say that that's the majority of religious people. I think the majority of religious people are um, people who are reflective about their faith, who ask questions, um, people who say, well, how does this teaching impact my life? Or how does this teaching impact the world around me? Um, and I think Cassandra is a person who also does that. Um, she doesn't just automatically accept everything that the Chantry teaches or everything that the Seekers or the Templars teach. She is a person who reflects on her faith, and we see in Inquisition that she really struggles um, mm-hmm. with a lot of things, with with uh, whether or not the circle should be abolished. We really see her struggling with the Seekers. They, they're basically eradicated, right, in Inquisition, yeah. and she struggles with that, asking questions like, is this the Maker's will? Is it Mm. not the maker's will? And if it's not, what does that mean about the maker? Is he in charge of this world or has he really abandoned it? Like, Mm. so she's asking all these really complex questions and Bioware did not have to do that. They didn't have to go that in depth with her, Um, but they did. And I love that. And I think it Mm -hmm. makes her a better character because it makes her, it makes her more real. Um, So that's, I think right now, Cassandra is my favorite. I love her. Yeah. Well, I have a hard time picking mm-hmm. because I have a lot of favorite characters. Okay. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Fenris for now. Interesting. Um, and I just really like Fenris. Um, Shelby and I have very different, differing views on the whole Mage Templar. Totally de- different. <laughs> debate and thing like that. And so that's kind of, we'll talk about that later, but... I really love Fenris because I think he is a necessary element to Dragon Age 2. In that, and you know, the one of the people of Bioware recently came out and said that he wishes that Meredith had never gotten mm-hmm. the idol because it took away the legitimacy of Meredith's side mm-hmm. of the things like that. And like, you do get to that point, like... I find find it difficult to side with Meredith because of the extremes of violence she's willing to take against mages. Right, especially Uh, mages who have done nothing wrong. Right. Um, But Fenris kind of gives this other voice that you see in the other games, especially Origins and Inquisition, of this kind of more, it's much more complex than mages are oppressed by the Templars, and Templars are, you know, corrupt and evil. Because... Both are true. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fenris kind of gives this thing about like what unchecked mages can do to a society. Right. And when you look at Taventer and their whole magister system, and we can take what Dorian says about that and, you know, spin it however we want and look, talk about what is really happening. But the truth is, is that Fenris has suffered from mm-hmm. that. And so he's this voice and this reminder, especially to a mage hawk, if you play a mage hawk, of this is what people like me who are corrupted by power do right uh-huh. and i just love that and i love that fenris is almost uncompromising on his stance of what was done to him was wrong and even if you convince him through your dialogue to come on your side and fight against meredith and all of that he still doesn't come back to this he doesn't switch the pendulum to be like oh well you know like mages are okay and we should free them and cut their bonds. He's like, okay, like, no, I don't want to be Meredith, but, like, I suffered, and I was imprisoned and oppressed by these mages who let power go to their heads. Mm -hmm. 
And so I don't want that to happen to anybody. Right. And sure, we can talk about that he might be, you know, going on a Hawkeye-esque kill spree of Taventer Magisters, but, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, (laughs) to be fair, Fenris does that in a way that makes sense, whereas Hawkeye is just, like, blindly killing people. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Marvel's gonna come after you. I don't care what Marvel does. <laughs> Alright, that's all we have for today. Thank you all for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, email them to us at dalorecast at gmail.com. The Dragon Age Lorecast is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. You can join the Robots Radio Network Discord by clicking the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and give us a review. See you next time. Hi, welcome to Three Count Thoughts. Let me introduce the crew real quick. Hi, I'm Maverick Stone. I'm Romer. And I'm Jaxus. Join us as we talk all things wrestling. Each week, we'll take a topic from the wrestling world, knock it around a bit, and then go over the week in wrestling from a strictly fan perspective. We can be found on all major podcast catchers. We can also be found at Three Count Thoughts on both YouTube and Twitter. Or you can send us an email using 3CountThoughts at gmail.com. Okay, are you ready? Ring the bell. <laughs>